0: Hi, Imaginations Church. How is it in Yuma? I miss you guys. I wish I could be there, and I look forward to being there with you guys again. As I've always told Pastor Tom and Dana, you have the best air conditioning in the world. And although I can't be there in physical presence, I'm grateful I can be there digitally to share with you a message that God's put on my heart on hope that I think God will really help you with today. We're going to look at a passage that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. But in all reality, he also wrote it to you and I on the theme of hope. It comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, starting in verse 17. Here's what Paul wrote. And put yourself in a position where you're listening to him right directly to you. I ask that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people, and His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength He exerted when He raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly realms. Paul writes this passage on hope, and he talks about the future. You know, we all know how the present has radically changed our lives, It's been 40 years since I was grounded and sent to my room and couldn't go outside anymore. And so everything around us changes. We know that the present changes our life. When you get married, that present circumstance changes your life. When you have a child, if you get sick, that present circumstance changes your life. But what about the future? How does the future change your life today? Imagine two men and they have the same job and they're working for a year at the same job and they're both earning the same wage, but one of them has been promised if he lives and works the whole year, he'll get a $100,000 bonus and the other one hasn't gotten that promise. The future radically affects the present. And this is what Paul's talking about in this verse, especially when he says, I want you to know the hope to which he has called you. Look at those three words. First, Paul says, I want you to know this. You know, there's different ways of knowing something. You can have kind of a mental understanding. You can have a knowledge. You can know the principles. But Paul isn't talking about a mental understanding when he says, I want you to know about this hope. He is talking about a deeper experiential truth, something you know in your gut, something that you have truly experienced. All of us know that driving and texting is not a wise thing to do. We all get that principle. I had a friend who knew it mentally and then he came one day within just an inch of killing a child. And I talked to him a few days later and all of a sudden he knew it on a whole different level He knew it experientially. This is what Paul's talking about. I want you to know this hope, not just as a principle or a precept, but something that's in so deeply rooted in your heart. That's why he says the eyes of your heart would be opened for this, so you know it deeper, you know it and you believe in it in a great way. I grew up in a Christian home. My parents were both Christians. They were in ministry. So I knew the principles of Christianity. I knew the truth. I didn't even reject the truth. I understood it. But it wasn't until I gave my life to Christ and was born again that I really knew what Christianity was all about. Paul's desire and God's desire is that today you would have a knowledge, a knowing, an experiential truth of what this hope is. And he uses the word hope, and we have to be careful because the way the Bible uses the word hope is different than how society defines hope. When society uses the word hope, which it oftentimes does, it uses it in the context of future uncertainty. Do you hope one day we can go to a restaurant? I hope so. Don't know, but I hope so. The society uses hope for something that is uncertain, but we're eager that it's possible it could happen. When the Bible uses the word hope, it's never about uncertainty. It is always certain. It's just about timing. Paul says, I hope you know, I hope hope you have this hope of the future. We may not know the timing, but we are certain of it. I had the privilege of talking with a North Korean pastor, and he knew during his life on earth, there would be times when he would be imprisoned for his ministry. There would be times when he would be with his wife and his children, times that were easier, times that were harder. He kind of knew what life was going to be like for him this side of eternity. But he had a hope in eternity that was so certain, that shaped his time on earth. Now, none of us will experience the hardship that this man experienced. But for all of us, we have difficult times on this earth and there are times that are easier and times that are harder. Paul says, I want you to know a hope about the future, that you know it so deeply, it's so certain, even though the timing's not known, that it'll shape your present. And then he ends this phrase by saying, to which you were called. He's saying there's a divine initiative that's involved in this, that you are called to this hope. Think about this for a second. You're called to hope like you're called to a vocation, like you're called to a family. We always consider hope to be kind of this emotional concept, this ethereal. Paul says, no, no, this is actually a calling. If you're a Christian, part of your calling is a call to this kind of hope. You are wired by God to live today with eternity on your mind. God has framed you in that way. He knew for us to navigate life on this earth, part of our calling would have to include a hope of the future. You know it in your heart with the eyes of revelation. You really have a hold of its certainty, even though the timing may not be known, and you're called to it, it's a part of your faith, it's a part of your journey. So we have to ask this question, What is this hope? He talks about it with such a richness and such an importance for our life. We can sense, wow, I really want it. But what specifically is it? And he answers that in this prayer by saying, it's the riches of the glorious inheritance in his holy people. Now that's a really kind of hyper-spiritual phrase. What does it actually mean? When he uses this phrase, The riches of his glorious inheritance. The two words that are probably the most important to understand the meeting are the words we would gloss over. His, meaning his inheritance, and in, in his holy people. Paul says, you have this hope. And here's what this hope is. The hope is his inheritance. When somebody has an inheritance, it really defines their value." If I die and I leave my kids an inheritance, what I leave them defines my value. It defines my worth, my true value. Imagine if I was trying to find a gift for Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, one of the richest men, if not the richest man in the world. And I've got to buy him a gift, and I don't know what to get him because he can buy anything, everything, and he can have it shipped to himself by his own company. What would I buy him? But let's say... I find the right gift and I give him that gift. And Jeff now has this gift from me and it's so valuable to him that he discards all of his other wealth and when he thinks about his inheritance that he's going to pass on, it is my gift that he thinks about. That's what an inheritance is. Think about this truth. Jesus had everything before he suffered except you. There was nothing that he didn't have. He didn't just have it, he created it. Jesus created and had everything before he suffered except you. Paul wants us to understand such an important truth that the hope that we have is actually, in a sense, in us. That's why he says, in his holy people. And he's talking about All Christians, not just super-Christians, the future hope that we have that helps us navigate this day is not just a place called heaven. It's not just a time down the road. The future hope that we have is actually in us. It's me, and it's you. Let me explain that. Imagine, think of when you introduce yourself to somebody. When we introduce ourselves to somebody, depending upon our perspective, sometimes we kind of put a little bit more shine on us than is real. We kind of highlight the good parts of us so that we look better. Or if we're kind of down in the dumps, when we introduce ourselves, sometimes we only talk about the bad parts and the struggles. Both of those reflect how when we introduce ourselves to people, we aren't who we really want to be yet. We haven't become what our idea for our life and our identity really was. Paul is saying, here's your hope. There's a future. When you have such value, such richness to God, you are his inheritance in you. It's who you're going to become. Imagine Israel, they're in captivity in Egypt. And God delivers them out of captivity and he's going to send them to the promised land. But he is not just taking them to a different geographic location where they can live in better circumstances. He's actually transforming them. It's as if they had to get out of Egypt, but then they had to kind of get Egypt out of themselves so that when they went into the promised land, it wasn't just a different place that was easier and better for them to live, but they were a different people. This is what Paul is talking about in this passage. He's saying there is a hope for you, and the hope isn't just a different place where it's easier and better to live, but the hope that you can have for the future is you. And who Christ is forming you to be? This is Paul's prayer. That the truth that you would really know about yourself more than any other truth, the deepest truth you would know about yourself is how loved and valued you are by God. Think of it. When you fail, is your immediate response to worry about how you have disappointed God? Or is your immediate response gratitude for his love that doesn't measure you by your successes and your failures? When you have a desire and you bring that prayer to the Lord, in your mind are you thinking, wow, I need to pray harder, I need to act more morally, and you have a list of how you can behave that may give more weight to God answering your desires? Or do you bring it to Him with this unconditional faith as a little two-year-old child would bring to a dad with complete expectation that of course dad's going to answer what my prayer is to him. This is what Paul is talking about. When you look into a mirror and you see yourself, do you see yourself as an inheritance that is so incredibly valuable that everything else of wealth that God may have had just pales in comparison to that inheritance? Because that's what Paul says is our hope. We have this hope that he had everything before he suffered but me. And he was willing to go to the cross and resurrect for me and now I'm in his inheritance. And if I know that that's my future, my transformation, I can put a hope in that for today that affects my life. He even describes it even more in this verse when he says, the power that raised Christ. So Paul is talking about a hope that we have for the future, knowing it, really knowing it. He's talking about us being that hope, God's inheritance. And then he defines it even more by talking about the resurrection of Jesus. And he does this for a specific reason. He wants us to understand that the hope that we have in who we are going to become is not just some kind of an ethereal, mystical hope. It's material. We will have new bodies. We will be a completely new person. When Jesus saves us, he doesn't just save kind of a mystical part of us. That's what differentiates Christianity from almost every religion. God loves you fully and completely and he saves you fully and completely and he is transforming you fully and completely and there is a certainty in that. So even when you look at yourself today and you go, wow, I don't know. Paul says, I pray the eyes of your heart would be opened that you would know that God is faithful to bring about that transformation. And the complete transformation may be down the road a bit, but it for certain is happening, and it's not just kind of a spiritual esoteric thing. It's actually very practical. You will only fully know how much God loves you when you include all of yourself into how God wants to love you. We have a tendency to hide parts of ourselves from people. So if we're really attractive, we won't hide our attractiveness, but we may hide part of our personality. And if we feel like we're not physically attractive, maybe we have this great personality, we have a tendency to look at ourselves and look at those pieces that don't seem to be that good and we'll hide those and only highlight other pieces. But Paul says in his prayer, God loves every aspect of you. He loves every wrinkle you have. He loves everything about you your body, your soul, your spirit, your mind, your flesh. He loves everything about you and you will never fully know how much He loves you unless you bring your whole self to Him. And you will never have a future hope that shapes your present day until you realize He loves all of you so much so that He materially resurrected so that we could materially resurrect. There's this incredible hope that I have for my life. I look at myself today and I may say, wow, Joel, you're not quite what you'd like to be. But then I look at the promise of God and that somehow I'm his inheritance and somehow there's a future hope that I have of who I will become and there's a certainty and that future hope affects my everyday. And if you're like me and you read this passage and you understand what it says, here's your response. I can't believe that. It's just, it's too hard to believe that I could become that kind of a person. That's why Paul says there needs to be a spirit revelation in this. You can only get a hold of this hope on spiritual terms. You cannot mentally ascend to it because when you start to think about it only with your brain, you will quickly think about all the reasons why you don't look that way. You cannot even get a hold of it through experience. There isn't evidence of it. I find myself sometimes falling short during the day. I get too angry or I get too impatient or I get too frustrated. So evidence doesn't validate the hope. My mind and its ability to comprehend it doesn't validate the hope. Something supernatural takes place in me that makes me know, truly know, in this hope, even when my mind can't comprehend it and even when my actions don't really show it, What is it that builds hope? Think about this, if you need hope, one way you can get hope is you can kind of speak hope into yourself. And you encourage yourself and you lift yourself up and you kind of pump yourself up with self-help. And that sometimes works, but not much. But another better way is when somebody speaks hope into you. Now you have an outside source telling you you're great or you have possibilities or potential. And that's much better than kind of speaking to yourself. But there's a third way that I think is the best way that really brings hope to you. And that is when you overhear people talking about you. They're not necessarily speaking to you, but they're speaking about you. And when you hear a conversation of two people who are speaking so positively about you, and you know they don't have to because they don't know you're there listening. But when you hear it, you know how true it is, how honest and authentic it is. This prayer of Paul's It's like he's giving us an insight into a conversation the apostle is having with God the Father and the Son and the Spirit. God is talking about you. Paul is praying and listening, and we're giving an insight into it. This is how God sees you. This is how God thinks of you. But you don't get there by understanding it only in your brain or by seeing it perfectly evidenced in your life. You get there because something spiritual supernatural takes place. Today, God wants you to know a hope for the future that is rooted in the present. And that hope is not just a place or a time. That hope is you, who he is making you to be, who you will be because of his goodness and because of his grace, not just in an ethereal way, but in a real way. Here's a verse from 1 Peter that helps summarizes this message. 1 Peter 1.3 says this, God has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This verse says that our hope is rooted in a birth. You kind of go from your false self that you're trying to improve on your own to your true self. And that true self may not reach its fulfillment to a future time, but you know because of the new birth, there is this true self You can try to experience Christianity. You can even try to follow Jesus without this new birth, but it will never, ever get you to where you want to go. There is this thing called this new birth where you discover, wow, I actually am the hope that God wants to plant inside of me. And you know it in your heart. If you're listening to this message and you're a follower of Christ and you've experienced that new birth, Sometimes it's easy for it to kind of fade away and we lose a hope and our hope is only based upon present circumstances or perhaps our hope is based upon the future but it's more about a place and a time than ourselves. Paul teaches a very important truth that changes life today. You are so valuable and so loved by God that he says you are my inheritance. Everything I have pales in comparison to you and just as he resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead to show that he loves all of you and there is a material resurrection there is a time coming when every fiber every aspect of you mentally socially spiritually it's all going to be true and right when i know that i have a hope for today when i struggle I'm okay, because I have a hope of what's coming. When things around me don't make sense, I'm okay, because I have a hope of who He is making me to be. And I don't know it by evidence, and I don't know it by my mind, but I know it by the Holy Spirit. I pray today, you will allow the Holy Spirit to show how loved and valued you are by God, and that you would allow that love and value to be the future hope of who he's going to make you to be that gives you the present reality of how to navigate life. I love you guys. I miss you guys. I look forward to seeing you soon. God bless you.